0: Hi, welcome to Sonic Serial. This is Mark. And I'm Josie. And in this podcast, we take a deep dive into albums from some of our favorite artists, or films, track by track.
1: And today we're continuing with Marie Antoinette, the original motion picture soundtrack, which was produced by Brian Ritzel and released in 2006. And... The tracks that we'll be covering today are Concerto and G by Antonio Vivaldi, The Melody of a Fallen Tree by Windsor for the Derby, I Don't Like It Like This by The Radio Department, and
0: Plain Song by The Cure. Okay, let's start with track nine Concerto and G by Antonio Vivaldi.
1: This is from Concerto in G, from Concerto for Strings and Continuo in G Major, RV 151, <laughs> Concerto alla Rustica. Oh,
0: that's what I was thinking. Y like, presto.
1: The,
0: when I was saying, like, from the. Yeah. Remember when I was, like, it was from somewhere? Yeah. Okay.
1: So, anyway, presto means quick movement and this concerto is believed to be supplied to the Ottoboni family in Rome and this is taken from the first movement
0: and it's been used in a few films and TV shows
1: yeah, like our favorite,
0: Glow Glow is great, it sucks that it got cancelled yeah (laughs) okay, and it was conducted by Roger Neal yeah Um, who did it specifically for the movie? Yeah. And tell us about Vivaldi.
1: He's Italian.
0: There we go. That's cool. Um okay, so this uh is Vivaldi's music is also used in a lot of films, including Concerto Number Eight from Indecent Proposal. Did you see that movie? No, I
1: haven't. Oh. I would like to.
0: Um his four seasons is in Pretty Woman, and Nulla ni mundi paksinsera.
1: I like some Vivaldi
0: is in Shine. <laughs> Good for you. All right, tell us about the production of Concerto in G.
1: Um, well, like the title says, it's it has yes. strings.
0: And Where does the title say
1: that? The. Um,
0: <laughs> oh, the concerto for strings. Yeah, concerto for strings. Okay, it does say it in the title.
1: So, yeah. And it's Concerto alla Rustica, which, if you don't know, those are concertos that are without soloists written between 1720 and 1730. Probably like rustic. Yes. Sounds good. Oh, and, and continual also means the piece basically provides the bass line or harmony for the music.
0: So it's kind of... Who's that girl group that does a lot of harmony? Fifth <laughs> <laughs> harmony. Sixth harmony?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so... Yeah? Yeah. <clears throat> uh this has been reinterpreted many times over the last 300 years and it seems like every era that it gets reinterpreted it's in the sort of style of the era Mm. so there was like a jazzy version from the 20s or that'd be cool to hear yeah we'll see if we can find it yeah um but yeah over you know over 300 years there's been many interpretations of it so it'd be cool to hear all of the ones like as the music tastes were changing that this it's kind of Yeah. Yeah (laughs) Stop Um anyway this version has kind of a Baroque feel to it, right? Yeah. Which goes with like the Baroque theme of the film. Definitely. I mean it was
1: written during the time, so it's the most fitting song. No, but even this
0: version this is the way that he directed it, it's a little more Baroque than the sort of like, kind of classical. I suppose so. Okay. <laughs> Nobody asked your opinion.
1: <laughs> okay, how is it used
0: in the movie?
1: Well, it's used for when Marie Antoinette's uh, experiencing the palace's morning rituals for the first time and so the music's effervescence i feel is is quite fitting for a morning routine
0: it really gets going you know (laughs) i think it's the song's chaotic and it matches the mood like she's surprised that there's 20 people in a room and they're yeah Yeah. her and waking her up and Chaos, yes.
1: At the morning dressing ceremony, rights of entry are given
0: to members of the high court. Major rights to princesses of the blood, and you oh. have <laughs> notes here that it might have been influenced by um who
1: I mean, I mean Oh, use of the song. Yeah, so Sophia's the, use of the song. This yeah. song was also in the film um all that jazz. Oh. That <laughs> okay. I've never seen it. I, it. I don't either um, but yeah there's I guess in the movie one of the character exhibits his daily morning r- routines as the song plays and so yeah they so.
0: exhibit the character's daily routines <laughs> it's showtime folks it's showtime folks showtime folks
1: <laughs> you know it's just getting ready in the morning And so I feel like Sofia Coppola uh, might have been inspired by, like, this film to use this song. Why? Because they're both morning rituals.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And what about live performances?
1: (laughs) Well... I mean, like, most classical music, this song has been performed multiple times throughout the years, and here's a <coughs> performance from San Francisco Conservatory of Music.
0: Oh, that was nice. Alright, track 10, Melody of a Fallen Tree by Windsor for the Derby.
1: Yeah, this band was formed in Tampa, but it's currently based in Austin. And and this song comes from their 2004 album, We Fight Till Death, and is the opening
0: track. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's an interesting style of music. They're considered a post, post-rock band, um, and post-rock is just for your knowledge, is a genre of experimental rock music that emphasizes textures and timbre over traditional song structures. Post-rock artists often use rock instrumentation, but combine it with electronics. Mm. Um, they also fo- tend to focus on instrumentals over vocals. Uh, post-rock was dominant, the dominant form of experimental rock in the 90s, and the term was coined by a music critic, Simon Reynolds, in 1994, and Jesse. Do you yeah. know what band is considered the poster boy for post-rock? I'd say... Uh, sine Wave?
1: <laughs> <laughs> or What's c- your next guess? Cinevave? Um, I'd, s- I'd say... I'd guess... Uh, Radiohead. Yes.
0: Yeah. They're considered the... the- quintessential post-rock band. I like post-rock. <laughs> and how is this post-rock um, tune used in the film?
1: Well, the song plays as she's coming off the carriage and she places her little foot in France. <laughs> God bless her. <laughs> Here comes the Austrian.
0: I hope you like it. Um,
1: So this
0: is is the opening of Kind of the beginning of the film Mm -hmm. And her mom sends her away Her grandmother I don't know I think that was her mom Her mom um, Is like you're going to be the the Dauphine of France Queen of France And you're going to marry this guy Mm -hmm. So she goes And I guess right at the border They set up this big tent thing where she goes in a French woman and she comes... Wait, she goes in an Austrian and yeah. she comes out a, a French woman. So that now she's worthy of marrying the king. Yeah. Tell us about production. Didi.
1: Well, it's a mellow eight minute pop, like indie pop song with guitars and that 4-4 four four drum machine beat. So it kind of sounds a little dancy. So, oh, and there's also some scents in the songs, which make it sound
0: like it's, it might have been influenced by nineties techno. And there's an <clears throat> organ melody, which makes it sound kind of baroque. Yeah. So it's, it kind of reminds me of uh, Barry
1: Lyndon. Oh. I don't know It's just um I don't know Because isn't it set during this time? Oh, I don't know The same time period Possibly I just think of Barry Lyndon
0: Oh <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> I can't do that well You'll see when you listen to it. It's, fu- it's funny. Oh, man. Um, what about the song meaning?
1: Well, it's about how the protagonist, the person singing it, and their partner listens to the voice of a fallen tree. So the protagonist represents the melody of a fallen tree and something separates him from his partner That's yeah so the fallen tree may be a metaphor for <laughs> insurmountable obstacles <laughs>
0: okay um, and there's a lyric that goes the love the brutality the autonomy you hope to someday see. Nice. That's
1: so emo.
0: Thank you. Uh, there's a good remix called the Gullin Ver- Revision Remix from SoundCloud. Check it out. Alright, so track 11, I Don't Like It Like This, by the radio department. <laughs> Give us another one.
1: Well, this is the second of the three radio department songs on the album, and this comes from their five-track single this past week which they released in 2005.
0: And how is it used in the film? I think it's used in the scene where
1: she's going from the forest in France to the palace now. She's making her way to the palace now.
0: It's it's after she crosses the border when she meets him for the first time. (laughs) That's... (laughs) (laughs) When she meets... Jason Schwartzman You told me this (laughs) Oh yeah She meets Jason Schwartzman's character Which is the Dauphin Which is the heir to the throne And what about production? Well it uses an electronic (laughs) It uses an electronic drum beat Paired with guitars And some flutey synth What would you say? Yeah it kind of sounds like
1: my Bloody Valentine.
0: You like them? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Tell us about the song meaning for it. I don't like it like this.
1: <laughs> this is exactly me and my boyfriend. I can't say
0: it. Okay, so this is a song about internal struggles <laughs> no, 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 no. and...
1: So I put that (laughs) This is what someone commented And and, uh, Genius This is exactly me and my boyfriend It's like what
0: (sighs) Well considering it explores The complexities of inner turmoil (laughs) The struggle to communicate And the longing for understanding and support From others Then that's a pretty that's pretty harsh, yeah um, other people describe it as um how they feel when they're falling for someone, and the other person doesn't really um. share the same feelings, <laughs> okay, so live performances they've had a couple,
1: yeah. There's a recent recording of them performing this in Sweden
0: in 2018. And their, I guess, most famous live recording is from 2012 in Sao Paulo. Yes. (laughs) Okay. One more thing?
1: Yeah, one more thing. Uh, I just wanted to say... (laughs) <laughs> that this song and the other one, Pulling Our Weight, reminds me of, uh... I, w- I just realized, is it The Winatties or Dies?
0: I don't know, but for a minute I thought it said, it reminds you of Wannabe. <laughs> <laughs> like, Spice like,
1: cream. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> oh, okay. Um... Yeah, they have a song called The You and Me Song, and it's from Romeo and Juliet, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of similarities between that and that and this movie, and um, they're also from Sweden. I know you hate I love you someday, someday. So I just thought that was an
0: interesting comparison, or commonality. When were we talking about Sweden recently? Oh, it was the last episode of The Great. Because there's the Swedish king and the Swedish queen. Oh, yeah. That was a good show. Yeah. All right. Uh, track 12 Plain Song by The Cure.
1: This song comes from The Cure's 8th and highest selling album from 1989's
0: Disintegration. Um, Robert Smith said, The essence of this album is the disgust concerning the loss of the ability to feel profound feelings when you grow older. That's the disintegration I mean. I'm concerned about it, just as everybody else I know of my age. Do you get what he's saying?
1: Mm. Is the fear of <clears throat> involved with immortality
0: I don't know, I, I get it's a confusing quote, but the disgust concerning the loss of the so it's assuming that, that you lose your ability to feel profound things as you get older. That you only feel profound things when you're young and so it's supposed to be about the, about the sadness and, I don't know no yeah um okay it's the opening track of Disintegration Robert Smith was taking LSD when he was making the album and yeah, it said that uh, plain
1: song is a name given to Gregorian chants in Catholic liturgies. The keyboard is Roger O'Donnell.
0: <laughs> said, it sounds like you're about to gossip about him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tell me about Oh, no. Tell me about him.
1: (laughs) He said that... Well, he said... (laughs) He said that... Oh um, Robert Smith was hungover, and he was communicating with handwritten notes when they recorded it. That is T mama!
0: <laughs> oh, no. Okay, how is it used in the film? <laughs> um, it's
1: used when they get the...
0: They <laughs> can't get the coronation.
1: Yeah, it's for the <laughs> coronation scene.
0: And yes, the King of France dies, and the her, her and her husband, Marie Antoinette, and her husband become um, king and queen of France. France. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think it works really well in that scene.
1: Yeah, it does. And yeah.
0: So what about um production of this song? What makes it stand out? Um the
1: well the song begins with these dreamy times <laughs> and
0: bells. So it's kind of like enchanting. And then there's a sudden crash um of synths synth strings yeah and then this
1: slow drum that kind of sounds like the same drum machine that Prince used I don't know it has a distinct sound yeah and also the 80s guitar that
0: the Cure usually had in their songs and this is one of those songs that they had a few of that the vocals don't start until two and a half minutes in that's cool, which is so goth. Cause I I respect it, cause you're just letting the
1: instruments breathe. You're not trying to overpower them, and so it's yeah. I like when artists do that, and it's not all just like singing throughout the whole song. It's like dominating. <laughs> yeah, although I am guilty of that
0: myself. Just why? Why do you do it? No, so I can understand like why you do it is probably why other people do it. Is it like ego? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like I want to. Every. I want to be heard.
1: For I, for a while, I believed that every idea I had was golden, and <laughs> the sad truth of the matter is that it's not. Sometimes you need to just learn to let go of things. <laughs> and that's it,
0: so Robert Smith said, "I had the words uh, to plain song written pretty close to what they are like, but he didn't worry about the meter or the rhyme, and the phrases were all there, and when he said, when we work out the music, I think this piece of music will go with these words, and then I piece it together, and I set in a room, and I'm gonna paraphrase this." He basically just has a couple of drinks and does it. Nice. Yeah.
1: Is there a music video for this song?
0: <laughs> I don't Uh yes, there is. What is it like? <clears throat> it's a, it's a, a gothy woman walking around the park with an umbrella with kind of all these weird gothy filters. Crazy. And then it's that mixed with them on like on stage.
1: That's cool. Yeah. Do you like it?
0: Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> the stage the the stage footage is from really far away. Oh.
1: I don't know. Well, do you want to know about the meaning of this song? I do. Um Smith said that the song is about obsession. And after reading the lyrics I feel like it's a gothy love
0: song, really. Hit us with some Robert Smith accent on these lyrics.
1: (laughs) Oh my god. Just (laughs) I'm trying to Help the listeners by telling them, just imagine, like, your grandmother got ran (laughs) over by a car, (laughs) and she's drunk, and then she comes wandering in (laughs) your apartment, and she's like, okay. I don't understand think I'm old (laughs) (laughs) and I'm feeling pain he said it's all (laughs) I can't okay I'm not gonna get through this and I and it's all running out out. like it's it's the the end of of the world world, (laughs) he said And, and it's, it's so cold. so cold. It's, it's like, like the cold of you were dead. <laughs> and then you smiled for a second.
0: All right. Remixes. Um, there's one called the edge of the world remix that you can watch on YouTube
1: yeah
0: what about live performances
1: well one of the first performances of this was in 1989 it's so cold. this was also performed in may of 2023 at the shoreline amphitheater it's just way, it's and you know what, what? <laughs> <laughs> i forgot i guess it, i had seen them perform this song in 2019 at the rose bowl in
0: Pasadena, California. Oh. Yeah. And now you tell me. I forgot.
1: No, it's, that's the thing. It was at a music festival and, you know, you have so many, so much yeah. artists thrown at you playing their sets that you just, like, it's all a blur. And it's like, plus it's like usually it takes place during the heat. You can't remember anything. You are drinking all the time. So it's like a big blur. I feel like I'm there. (laughs) And, yeah, and, and yeah, I I saw a bunch of good bands that day, and and I saw them, but I don't remember them playing this song specifically.
0: All right. What some trivia? (laughs) Um,
1: it was featured in the 2015 film Ant-Man for a fight scene. Have you seen Ant-Man? I have not. Me neither. Hmm. But let's check it out. Okay.
0: I'm going to disintegrate you! Claim disintegration by The Cure. Um, and <clears throat> interestingly from... It's, it's apparently a very popular wedding song <laughs> based on... How many people in the YouTube comments were like, I got married to this. Hmm.
1: I wonder if that was before mm. or after this film came out. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. If it was before, much praise.
0: <coughs> <sighs> oh. oh.
1: Whoa, we did it. That went really fast. Weird. Probably not for
0: you listening us see. <laughs> I <laughs> feel like you've aged good luck <laughs> aged three years
1: but join us on the next episode where uh, we finish Marie Antoinette yeah yep. it's gonna yeah.
0: it's gonna be a doozy
1: <laughs> okay <laughs>
0: trying to do Vivaldi and G. oh is how I say
1: bye bye <laughs>